Blog Talk Radio.
bless you. God bless you so much. What a wonderful song by Hillsong United, Another in the Fire. We're going to talk about what that really means tonight because I know that uh, so many people uh, have heard that song, and for many people still, it's brand new to you. But um, we're going to go into what that really means, Another in the Fire. I want to greet you uh, to today, whenever you're hearing this. I'm speaking this on a Sunday evening. But um, you might be hearing it in the morning or whatever time you're hearing it around the world. This is your Sister Pearl within the Word with Sister Pearl on Reaching Out Radio International. And we're so privileged to be able to share the glorious, liberating gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with you wherever you're hearing this. I want to especially bless uh, a wonderful woman of God that I so admire and I'm so very grateful to her that she has given me the opportunity to come on Reaching Out Radio and be one of the hosts and have this program every Sunday evening as much as we possibly can broadcast. And so I just want to bless you, Evangelist Montel. May the Lord continue to strengthen you and give you everything you need to fulfill uh, the task that he has called you to with great joy and great blessings for you and for your family. So again, I, I welcome everyone from around the world, whatever continent you might be listening to, whether it be the North America, South America, Europe, Australia, Asia, uh, wherever you might be listening to, we just want to bless you. And of course, the great continent of Africa, you're so special to us, each and every one of you. So I have a lot to share with you tonight, and I'm just going to go straight into the Word of God, straight in. I'm just going to uh, ask you to just um, believe with me for a minute as we just bow our heads. I'm going to bow my head in the radio station, and you're going to uh, just agree with me, please, in prayer as we look at our wonderful Heavenly Father in the name of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we just thank you. We bless your name. We exalt you. We worship you. We magnify you. We honor you because there is no one like you in all the world. Lord, there's no one like you in the entire universe, no matter what planet we name. There's nobody like you because you were the one that created us and created everything that is good and perfect. And so, Father, we just bless you and we come in no other name but the wonderful name of Jesus. And we ask you to touch every heart, every mind, every body that is listening to this word about another in the fire. And I pray that you would make it come alive to us. We know that your word is already powerful. It already can change us and set us free from bondage and sin and destruction and darkness. And, and you allow us to cross over into light and life and beauty. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to uh, cause all distraction in the next hour to dissipate, to disappear, and captivate our hearts and our minds for you. Uh, the word is already anointed, but anoint your handmaiden. Anoint your daughter as I bring forth the bread of life to your people that would listen. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen and amen. Amen. So we're going straight into the to the word of God entitled Another in the Fire. And you're going to understand what that means before the end of this broadcast. The word tells us in Deuteronomy, which is found in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 16, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them talking about the enemies of God and the enemies of God's people, uh, the Hebrew people. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake. Then the Old Testament prophet Isaiah reminds us and gives us situational examples of specific uh, times where God's protection and provision would occur in the life of those people that follow and honor and believe in God. And this is found in Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Now, this evening, we're going to examine how the Lord indeed keeps his promises, which are sure. Thank God. Thank God indeed there is another in the fire. Now, when, when we talk about uh, walking through waters and passing through rivers and not having them sweep over us um, and walking through the fire, it is not always talking about physical waters and physical fire. But I want to bring your attention to uh, some times in the Bible where they did pass through physical water, and they were thrown in a physical, real, tangible fire. And yet God miraculously intervened on the behalf of his people. And I can tell you, whether it's the natural fire or the natural waters or a spiritual situation that you're going through that feels like a storm, just like we um, shared in the Word of God last week, we talked about how this is a test. And Jesus speaks to the storm in your life and says, peace, be still. Well, tonight, we're not talking about that message, but we are talking about the same miraculous God, and we're going to examine two particular stories. We're going to talk about more than two, but I'm really focusing on two stories tonight, both found in the Old Testament. And if we had the time, we could talk about miraculous things that God did in the New Testament. Because whether we look at the Old Testament or the New Testament, I can tell you we serve a miracle-working God. But I want to take the time, since we only have an hour and about 45 minutes left, to really go into two stories. Now, I'm really going to read the entire chapter because I want to draw you in, and I don't want anybody to be left out. So I'm going to read the entire chapter of Exodus chapter 14. I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible, but try to follow along with me as I read. Exodus chapter 14. 
Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, tell the sons of Israel to turn back and camp in front of Piharirath. Now let me just give you a little background of this story real quick. Israel had been suffering under Pharaoh for many, many years. Uh, they first went to Egypt when the man of God, Joseph, was taken as a captive into Egypt. But there's a wonderful story, and perhaps one Sunday night I will tell you this story. But he was used as a mighty deliverer to not only be used of God to help all the peoples of the world receive food during a terrible time of famine, but God used him to help uh, his own brothers and his own father, and they moved down to Egypt. And while they were in Egypt, they began to multiply. And so God's people grew big and grew great living in Egypt, but they grew so much great that the Pharaoh, who was a new Pharaoh, not the one that had put uh, Joseph in charge under him, there was a new Pharaoh, and this Pharaoh really started to hate the people of Israel that grew so great and multiplied and had thousands upon thousands of them. Uh, and he was terrible. He treated them terrible, um, the people of Israel. Joseph was already deceased and gone for a long time already, and then they, they were treated so poorly as slaves in Egypt under the hard, uh, tyrannical hand of this new Pharaoh. And so in Exodus chapter 14, we see that God had made a way for the children of Israel to leave Egypt for good. So many things that happened before, and perhaps another time we'll discuss those things that happened uh, just before they were actually allowed to leave Egypt. But here they were now escaping Egypt. And I'm going to read again, Exodus 14. Tell the sons of Israel to turn back and camp in front of Piharoth between Migdal and the sea. You shall camp in front of Baal Zephon, opposite by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the sons of Israel, they are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has shut them in, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. And they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his servants had a change of heart toward the people, and they said, what is this that we have done, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he had horses harnessed to his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 select chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. So the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he chased after the sons of Israel as the sons of Israel were going out boldly. Then the Egyptians chased after them with all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh his horsemen, and his army, and they overtook them, camping by the sea beside Piharoth in front of Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were coming after them, and they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then, this, then they said to Moses, which was their leader, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why 
why have you dealt with us in this way? Bring us out of Egypt. Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying, leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Oh, boy, what an ungrateful bunch of people. But anyway, verse 13. But Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will perform for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again, ever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As for you, lift up your staff and reach out with your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. And as for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I am honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and through his horsemen. Then the angel of God who had been going before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them so it came between the camp of egypt and the camp of israel and there was the cloud along with the darkness yet it gave light at night therefore the one did not approach the other all night then verse 21 moses reached out his hand over the sea and the lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and the waters were like a wall to them on their right and on their left. Then the Egyptians took up the pursuit, and all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen went in after them into the midst of the sea. But at the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians, with and confusion, he caused their chariots' wheels to swerve, and he made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians each said, let me flee from Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses reached out out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak, while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. Then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land, through the midst of the sea, and the waters were like a wall to them on the right and on their left. So the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw Egyptians dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. I just read the entire chapter of Exodus 14. Now, this is the God whom I serve, 
And if you're a believing child of God, this is the God who you serve. There is none like him in all the universe. He is not made by human hands. He is the one and only creator God who made you and me. He's the only one whom I call awesome. He deserves an adjective which I reserve only for him. And that word that I reserve is awesome. I know of no other so worthy to be feared and dreaded by his enemies as the living God, creator of heaven and earth and all mankind. Now, even though the song simply tells us, the song that I played at the very beginning, Another in the Fire, the song tells us what God does for his children. It doesn't really tell how the child of God needs to position him or herself to be in benefit from the miraculous and the the delivering hand of God. So what does Sister Pearl mean by that? Yes, God wants to show himself mighty on your behalf, just as he showed himself mighty on the behalf of the children of Israel. He showed himself mighty to so many of his servants, but they had to position themselves so they can benefit from what God wanted to do for them. I'm going to give you an example. Now, the Lord spoke to Moses another time, the same Moses who God used to lead his children Israel out of Egypt and caused them to walk on dry ground through the Red Sea. As you, you heard, I just read the entire chapter of uh, 14, Exodus 14, and we, we read how God moved supernaturally. He divided the waters of the Great Red Sea, and he caused that land to become dry that was under the water. That's a miracle. That's not ordinary. That is supernatural. And you also heard me read the story that when the enemies of Israel and the enemies of God ran after them to overpower them and to take them back to Egypt and and wanted them to return to Egypt as slaves, God all of a sudden turned the waters to come back. And so Pharaoh his entire army was drowned in the Red Sea. And the Bible says not, not even one of them remained alive. But the same Moses, uh, he did not always listen to God. I'll talk about that in a second. But let, let's just go back and see how were the people of Israel able to position themselves to receive a miracle from God. I'm going to read just a little bit again of what I've already read. You remember in in, in verse 2 when God told Moses to tell the sons of Israel to turn back and camp between Pihahroth, between Migdal and the sea, so that they would camp in front of Baal Zephon, opposite by the sea. And they did exactly what God told them to do. Because at the end of verse 4, 
it says. And they did so. What does that mean? And they obeyed God. If you want to receive a miracle from God, if you want to see God do the supernatural, you're going to have to be willing to obey him and do what he tells you to do. He might not tell you to do, told them to do in their situation, but whatever he tells you to do in your situation, you must be willing to obey God. The people obeyed the instructions Moses gave them, which he in turn received from the Lord. But even Moses had to obey the Lord, or he, even as the leader, would not have made it across the Red Sea. We know this because another time in the Bible, we see that Moses did not, I repeat, another time in the Bible, Moses did not obey what the Lord told him to do. And due to his disobedience, Moses was not able and Moses was not allowed to enter the promised land with the other people of Israel. He could only look and see it from afar. I'm going to read that story to you very briefly so that you can know what I'm saying is true. It's found in Numbers chapter 20, verses 9 through 12. It says, so Moses took the staff from before the Lord, commanded him, and Moses and Aaron summoned the assembly in front of the rock. And he said to them, listen now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their livestock drank. But verse 12 says, But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Since you did not trust me to treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel, for that reason you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Why? Because in the verse before that, Moses was commanded, and I should have read that for you, but I didn't. But you can take your Bible. You have to learn how to take the Word of God and read it for yourself. So please read the entire chapter of Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. And you, you'll read how God gave clear instructions for Moses to speak to the rock. He told him to speak to the rock. But instead, Moses struck the rock. And I think I know why Moses did this, because another time uh, in his experience with God, uh, Moses was told to strike the rock. That was found in Exodus chapter 17, verse 6, when God told Moses to strike the rock. Moses 17, 6 says, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and the water will come out of it, and the people may drink. And so Moses did what God told him to do that time. But he did not do what God told him to do the second time. Now, if you and I want to live in the supernatural 
and miraculous with God. We need to listen and obey carefully what he tells us to do in each and every situation. What he told you to do last year, he might not tell you to do this year. What he told you to do last week, he might not tell you to do it the same way this week. What he told you to do yesterday, he might tell you to do something different today. So if you want live in the miraculous, if you want to experience him being the God that proved himself real, to the children of Israel and allowed them to walk across the Red Sea on dry land, you must be willing to do what they did because the Bible said, and they did so. They did what their leader told them to do because their leader was led of God and told them what to do and when to do it. And if you remember, He also told them something else. Another important lesson we learned from this exact story is that when they were going through a tough time, and when when you and I are going through tough times, times, we need just to keep quiet and obey his instructions and watch and see what he will do. Because the word of God tells us, again I repeat, verses 13 to 14 of Exodus 14. But Moses said to the people, do not fear. Now, this was right after they were complaining and saying to Moses, why did you bring us out from here? Uh, Didn't we tell you that it was better to leave us in Egypt and suffer with them? Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will perform for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see them again, ever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. This is a spiritual principle that we learn in the word of God. There are times we need to speak, but there are times we need to keep silent. In another scripture in the word of God, it says, be still and know that I am God. And so how did they experience the miraculous power and the hand of God? They did as God told them, you need to do what God tells you to do in the situation that you're in right now. Let's look at another miraculous intervention of God when he delivered three young Hebrew men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And this is found in Daniel, the third chapter. Again, I'm reading from the New American Standard. Nebuchadnezzar the king made a statue of gold, the height of which was 60 cubits and his width six cubits, and he set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar the king also sent word to assemble the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the chief treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the administrators of the provinces to come to the dedication of the statue that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. 
then the satraps and the prefects and the governors, the counselors, the chief treasurers, the judges and the magistrates, and all the administrators of the provinces were assembled for the dedication of the statue that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the statue that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, to you the command is given. You peoples, nations, and populations of all languages, that at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, the lyre, the trigon, the psaltery, the bagpipe, and all the kinds of musical instruments, you are to fall down and worship the golden king has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be thrown into the middle of a furnace of blazing fire. Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of musical instruments, all the peoples, the nations, wow, the populations of all languages fell down and worshipped the gold statue that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. For this reason, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and brought charges against the Jews. Now, let me just stop right here at the end of verse 8 quickly. This is a setup because whenever you are really a child of God, you're going to have enemies, especially when God is using you in a, in a phenomenal way. You're going to have enemies. When you're trying to live a life that's uncompromising before God and you're not a fake, you're not a phony, you're not doing one thing, in front of people and then doing something behind something else behind closed doors, you become a a big target for for the enemy to try to take you down. I know what I'm saying. And if you read Daniel three in chapter two, you'll see that when they saw these wonderful Hebrew young men and how they were men of integrity, men of honor, men of value, and men that served the true and the living God, they had enemies. And I want to tell you that if you live like them, or if you even have a desire to live like them, you're going to automatically have enemies. Let's go back to verse 9. I'm reading Daniel chapter 3, verse 9. They began to speak and said to Nebuchadnezzar the king, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every person who hears the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all kinds of musical instruments, is to fall down and worship the golden statue. For whoever does not fall down and worship shall be thrown into the middle of a furnace of blazing fire. Now, there are certain Jews from whom you have appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have disregarded you. They do not serve your gods, nor do they worship the golden statue which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, gave orders to, to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar began speaking and said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods, nor worship the golden statue that I have set up? Nor is... Now, now, verse 5, you are ready at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all kinds of musical instruments to fall down and worship the statue that I have made very well. But if you do not worship, you will immediately be thrown into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can rescue you from my hands? 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not in need of an answer to give you concerning this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods nor worship the golden statue that you have set up. Daniel's verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with wrath, and his facial expression was changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He answered by giving orders to heat the furnace seven times more than it is usually heated. And he ordered certain valiant warriors who were in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in order to throw them into the fire and the furnace of blazing fire. Then these men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their caps, and their other clothes and were thrown into the midst the middle of the furnace of the blazing fire. For this reason, because the king's command was harsh and the furnace had been ex- extremely hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the middle of the furnace of the blazing fire, still tied up. Verse 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and stood up quickly. He said to his counselors, was it not three men that we threw bound into the middle of the fire? They replied to the king, absolutely. Wow. (laughs) Absolutely, O king. He responded, but look, I see four men untied and walking about in the middle of the fire unharmed. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace of blazing fire. He said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God, and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the middle of the fire. The satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men, nor was the hair of their heads singed, nor were their trousers damaged, nor had even the smell of fire touched them. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants who put their trust in him, violating the king's command and surrendered their bodies rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or population of any language that speaks anything offensive against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses made rubbish heaps because there is no other God who is able to save in this way. Then the king made Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego prosperous in the province of Babylon. Wow. What a miraculous story. And that was a true story, by the way. Once again, we read 
the miraculous action done by the Lord for these three brave Jewish young men. However, we first see that they were not willing to compromise their faith in God. See, if you want to see the miracle hand of God, then you must not be willing to compromise. You can't compromise and think that you're going to see God move on your behalf. You cannot, you know, be like the world, act like the world, do what the world does, and think you're going to see the supernatural working in in your life. Now, they were not willing to compromise their faith in God, and they chose not to dishonor him by worshiping an idol which was made by mere human hand. The fact that it was big and most likely it looked daunting, it meant nothing to these three men. They knew it was false, and they only were about serving the true and the living God. They were not even, you know, taken aback by how the Bible says that this this king, Nebuchadnezzar, he even changed his face when he saw that they were not willing to compromise. They said his face changed. That's what the Bible says. His face contorted, and he became very angry. Uh, His expression was very harsh. That didn't throw them. That didn't throw them at all. That did not impress them. That did not move them. Why? Because they were not fearing man, but they had reverence for God. And even though Nebuchadnezzar, look, he gave them a chance to, you know, change their mind before he would throw them in. He said, look, I'm going to give you another chance. If you want to change your mind, here you go. And listen to what the Bible says, that it was all nations, everybody was asked to fall down and worship. My, my, my. Remind you of something that's going on right now in our world. It doesn't have to be a golden statue. Hello. But I want you to think real good. I want you to think real good about what is being set up globally, globally. What is being set up globally I'm going to read verse 4. To you the command is given, you peoples, nations, and populations of all languages, verse 5, that at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the trigon, the psaltery, the bagpipe, and kinds of all kinds of musical instruments, you are to fall down and worship the golden statue. You of all populations, all languages, and all nations. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not willing to do that. And they said they knew that their God was able to deliver them. I love these young men. These are young men that, that, that were living in captivity in, in Egypt, but they were so 
you know, in Babylon within Egypt. But they were so anointed of God that they had been promoted, and that's why they had enemies. They had enemies because they were jealous of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Whenever God lifts you up and causes you to be used extensively, you're going to have people that will hate your guts. Now, they'll act like they like you. And in front of other people, they'll talk nice, but they're going to go out of their way to try to set you up to hurt you and to literally destroy your relationship with other people. And if they could, they would kill you because there's evil in them. They don't know the love of Jesus. And the jealousy and the hatred you have for them, and the, no, not that you have for them, but that they have for you, makes them do some horrible, horrific things. And so, like I said before, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had enemies, had enemies. And they set these three Hebrew boys up because they knew, they, they had faith that these three Hebrew boys were not going to fall down. They were men of integrity. They were men that worshiped God and honored God. They loved God. They were not compromisers. They were not willing to do the wrong thing. They were not willing to shame God. They were not willing to, to dishonor God. And, and, and these enemies of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they, they fought right because these three young men were not willing to do that. Now, the question is, is what are you willing to do? What am I willing to do today? Am I going to just fall down? Am I going to do what everybody is told globally to do? It might not be fall down and worship a golden statue. But whatever I'm told to do that is contrary to what God is telling me to do is idol worship. Because there's only one Savior in this world. And his name is Jesus. In the days of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did not know the name of Jesus. But they knew that they served the only true and living God. Amen. And they were committed to the point that they said to Pharaoh, well, not, well he was the Pharaoh at that time called King Nebuchadnezzar, told him, we know our God is able to rescue us. Even if you throw us into the, fur, the furnace that is blazing with the fire. But even if God chooses not to deliver us, we are still not going to serve your God, nor will we worship the golden statue that you have set up. Here goes the secret. If you're a child of God, and even if you're not yet a child of God, and I hope that by the end of this broadcast, you will be a child of God. Here goes the secret. Who is setting things up right now in the world that you and I are living in in 2021? If it's a world set up, and it's not set up, by the God who created this world, anything 
that he has not set up. And anything that has been set up by the enemy of God and the enemies of God, then you should not be following it. Do you understand what I'm saying? God desires to bless us when we follow him. And when we follow him, we are no longer just living in the natural. We become supernatural beings. And you might say, well, Sister Pearl, how can you say that you're a supernatural being? Oh, I can say that with full assurance. Because I, from the point where I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I confessed him as my Lord and Savior. I received the Holy Spirit to come and dwell inside of me. I received eternal life. Do you understand that? Not merely waiting for me to die physically and then I enter eternal life. And I read this scripture to you last week. But from the point where I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I receive eternal life. I pass from death into into life everlasting. Amen. That's the promise. That's the promise that every believer has. It's found in John 5, 24. Verily, verily, this is the King James Version I'm going to read. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, eternal life, that means, and will not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life, is passed at the moment that I confess the Lord Jesus Christ, repent of my sins. So I've already done that. And I have already passed from death into life. I've passed from spiritual death into spiritual life, into life everlasting. I'm not looking to pass into it when I die in this physical body. I've already passed from death unto life. Amen. And if you have confessed the Lord Jesus Christ and you're following him and you're obeying him, you pass from death unto life. You are a supernatural being. Heaven belongs to you. You can expect the miraculous for God to do the miraculous in your life. When a miracle is necessary, you can expect and believe God for the miraculous. Will he always uh, do what you would like him to do? No. And even Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they realized that. They said, look, we know our God is able, qualify that word, able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. But even if he does not, we're not going to serve false gods. We will not worship 
right now, I want you to, I did not plan to say what I'm going to say right now, but I sense the Holy Spirit telling me to say it, and I'm just going to be obedient. I'm going to do what he tells me to do. There is something in this world that all of us are being asked to to do globally. There is a push. There's a pressure. They're even going to give you a passport if you do this. And that's what they were going to give Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego too. You can pass from being thrown into the fire if you fall down and worship the false god that we set up, that God did not set up. But men, in that case, King Nebuchadnezzar was told to build that. He did it. And then he wanted everybody to fall down and worship. What are you worshiping tonight? Who are you giving your allegiance to? Who are you trusting for your life? Are you trusting a man-made solution? It will kill you. Or are you trusting God to save you? When Nebuchadnezzar looked in the fire that had already killed his strong guards that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that fire, it didn't kill those three Hebrew boys. And when King Nebuchadnezzar looked, he said, I see a fourth man. He looks like a son of the gods. What he really saw was the son of the living God. He saw the presence of the Lord in that fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if you want to see and witness God's supernatural power in your life, then you need to be committed to the Lord the way that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were. Now, I'm going to have to do a part two to this because I can see the hour is over. And we're going to talk more about another in the fire next week. Same time, same place. Another in the fire is no less than the Lord Jesus himself. Our Savior, our Lord, our soon coming King. The only one you should be worshiping is him. Until next week, where we're going to pick up another in the fire. This is your sister Pearl. God bless you. May the Lord keep you and help you to stand in this day that we're living in, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. Amen. Until next time, I love you. Jesus loves you more. Bye-bye.